Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us again for another episode at Shelters by Jesus. I am Seth. I'm here with my brother, Al. Good morning, Al. Hello, Seth. You're my brother, too, a brother in Christ. And so, yeah, good morning. Nice to see you again. So today we got an interesting topic, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, and I think something that needs to be discussed with today's climate in our nation. So let's get into it. So, Al, there's been a lot of mean-spirited talk throughout our nation this past year. And I'm not one who simply believes that simply because it's 2021, suddenly everything's going to get better. You know, the coronavirus doesn't care about the date. Politics don't care about the date so much as who's in power. And But people have been really, really mean to each other across this country simply because you happen to think differently than someone else. And, you know, the devil loves to use our anger and he loves to rile us up and he loves to get us arguing with one another and tearing each other apart because while we're doing that... We're not doing what God has called us to do, and that is to love him and love our neighbor, right? God says, if you say you love me but hate your brother, you're a liar. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is our tongue. (laughs) How are we going to tame that, Seth? I don't think you... uh, Well, (laughs) I don't think you can. I think you can get better. But I know that, you know, there are times when my anger gets the best of me, Mm -hmm. and I say things I regret. And I know that there are times when people will say mean things to me. And Can't take back those words you you shoot out. That's true. You know, with kids, we say, "All right, well, I take it back." Well, once they're out of your mouth, they're out there, and they record it. That's the that's the scary thing. You know, if you think about it, in Matthew twelve thirty six, Jesus said this. Uh, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. And I believe that. I believe that any time we've wasted our words or caused harm with our words that God's going to want to know why. I mean, he knows why, but he's going to, he's going to make us give an account for that. Like, why, why did you say this? Why were you mean here? Why were you so opinionated to the point where you brought harm? We see inside churches too, not just in our, our normal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally have seen in a couple of churches I've been in now splits where half the congregation leaves because of something someone said, and there was no grace or mercy or healing from it. It was just, you know, if that's what you're going to say, then we're all out of here. Now it's one thing if they're preaching false doctrine, you should not tolerate that. But if it's over small things, divisions, or political reasons, when politics are brought into churches, you know, and Republicans and Democrats, you know, choose their their sides of the pews that they're going to sit on, and and that becomes a division in the body. Certainly, there's a place for using our brain and discussing things and yeah. having valuable debates. Yes. And but then when you start to use just personal slurs and that sort of thing and uh, rather than some sort of logic or discussion, it goes down the tube, doesn't it? It goes down pretty fast, too. You know, when you're attacking someone, Al, like just for an example, if you're on one side of the political spectrum, I'm on the other side. And then I start personally attacking you for supporting a candidate. I'm wrong because there is no candidate who is perfect. There is no candidate who has all the answers. There's no political party that will, you know, that can solve all our problems. It's just, that's a lie of politics. Mm -hmm. Convince you, I can solve all our problems, so you put me in office. But the actuality is, you know, I'm just as skilled or unskilled as the guy before me. You know, I still got a Congress. Don't you think there's some that are better than others? I do think that there were great presidents. And and operate in trying to please the Lord? I do. I do think there were presidents that were very godly and really were sincere about leading this country in a positive way direction. I mean, because you were in the military, and yes. thank you for your service, by the way, but you, I'm, I'm sure you saw people that you didn't agree with. 
I did. So there's there's always, and then you saw some that you'd give your life for because yes. because and and yes. they, they they are servants and they're just there's something about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, my my biggest thing is yeah, I do anything for a leader that leads by example. So there's good precedent, I think. Then you can take sides, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's how you use your tongue and represent yourself. I think that's what we want to get to that issue. It's and, true, and 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 then you could actually taint someone's view of your side because you're you're so mean and cruel with your words that they think, well, everyone on your side must be like that too. So we want to be a good witness. We do. You know, like you said, Al, I've had leaders in the military and I've had presidents that I didn't agree with. However, you know, God says he establishes authority. He chooses our leaders. And so we are, we ought to be obedient and pray for them. So whether I liked that person or not, to me was irrelevant to my duty. And that includes me as an American citizen. Uh, when we got back from Iraq, my unit was chosen to have dinner with the president. Not particularly fond of that president. I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I don't know him. And I can't imagine the pressure put on you to be president of this country. I can't imagine it. So everything was, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good to meet you, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, and... But you were able to control your tongue because you understood that circumstance. Right. And so I think that's where we want to lead today in that... We do. As a believer, you know, we're going to look at a key verse you brought up. And so yes. you used this verse as a starting point, I think, right. in James, and we'll get to that but in, in a minute. But James was writing to believers who had been dispersed and were suffering some persecution. And so he wants to remind them through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God saying, let's watch your tongue. Right. We're, we as believers should be different than the rest of the world. Amen. And that in itself is going to begin to draw some people to them. Well, I think that's that's the key, isn't it, Al? Yes. Right? We are supposed to be different than the world. So if you're on one side, I'm on the other, that is insignificant to the goal that God has set before us. You know, one of the verses I heard last night was this, that we are all created to a purpose. <laughs> God made you, Al, yes. for a very specific person that only only Al Teeman can fulfill, and the same with Seth, and the same with our listeners. God made every individual with a purpose, God-given purpose. And as we're going to discover as we go into this topic, that our tongues can make or break us, and the way we treat others can make or break us. And you can be in disagreement. Like, Al, you don't, you and I don't always agree, but I love you and you're my brother, right? Yes. And we should clarify to the listeners that I'm your spiritual brother. Spiritual brother, right. right. Yeah. We're not, we're not biological brothers. No. <laughs> yeah. no. No, no, no. That would be dumb, uh, right? Scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I agree. You know, some of the last words that Jesus said, it was the Great Commission. He said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Mm, amen. That's uh, found in the end of Matthew. And so all authority was given to him. We're filled with his Holy Spirit. And he says, go tell people now. Now, that's a direct directive that he gives us. To, to all Christians, by the way. To, yes, to all Christians. All Christians. We're, to, we're not supposed to be the frozen chosen. I think we had a previous episode about that. But we're to, we're to go and, and, and tell it on the mountain. We lose credibility if we're rude and crude. There's no I'm really question glad you brought it. that up. Because yeah. you're right, Al. We, we lose, lose we lose cred. Absolutely. And so if we want to fulfill this, and that should be in our hearts, you know, there are moments when we'll be more active than others, but we're 24/7 we're living. We want to live for Him, and only by His power. So we we acknowledge that. 
but we want to be a good witness. Amen. It says in Romans 8, I believe, says at some point that the Holy Spirit, we long for the words. We don't always have it, but he'll give us the words. Hmm. And so giving, we pray for that when we come on this podcast. We right? do. And you, you mentioned that as a testimony when you went to that record store. Yes. And he asked you that question and you were like, I didn't have the words, but... I just said, God, give me the words, and he did. It's a silent prayer in my brain. He can read my brain, thankfully, yeah. uh, most of the time. And so anyway, yes, he'll give us our words, and we want to be a good witness. Well, let's read that verse. Let's, let's do read it. the verse that we're going to then uh, use as a— as Let's a, do it. Yeah. All right, so we're looking at the book of James in chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 3, and it starts with this. When we put bits into the mouths of a horse to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal— or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. It makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue... We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And there's so much packed into that into those small verses, just verse 3 through, through 12. There's so much, Al, that we could spend months talking about just that section. Mm-hmm. But what I really like about it is how James takes the small things, the small bridle for a horse's mouth. It's just a small bar, but it controls this enormous animal and the, the small rudder of a ship. And he's right. Compared to the size of the ship, the rudder is tiny. And I think those are incredible metaphors. And I love how God... He doesn't miss a beat, mm. you know, a perfect metaphor, because the tongue is one of the smallest parts of our body. Yeah, God is warning us here, it can corrupt your whole being and control your life. People of the day certainly could relate to that as well. I so appreciate how this is written, and he understood his audience. People understood about being from an agrarian culture, agriculture, here's a horse, going to do work for you. And so people certainly understood that. Yeah. So now when he begins to talk about that, There's that, like you said, the bridle in the mouth of the horse, and just you pull it one way, and it's going to go. It just understands, you know, or to stop, you know, you pull back a little bit, however that works. They understood that. They did. And and the power of that. And then the the rudder of a ship. They knew about ships. If the rudder gets busted off on the rocks or something, you're in trouble. You're you're just drifting afloat. That's it, right. And and how are you going to steer that thing? Right, you're at the mercies of the winds. You are. And so people certainly understood that. 
Uh, he then goes on to say, what I like is that we have these, it's almost, there's two paths you can go by, hmm. and two ways you can go. And he paused there just for a minute and, and, and wrote something down. And hmm. I underlined it, I think the same thing. I'll let you go ahead and jump on that. Well, uh, I was just thinking, you know, the tongue, I think, is also metaphoric for what we say in our text messages, what we post on social media, and what we write down. So I how think, we communicate. I, yeah, it's, I, it, I think it's wow. encompassing. There's an extent, even our right? body language, I guess. Too. It's true, Al. So it could be. Let's say, you know, I say with my tongue to you, mm-hmm. um, I love you, Al. And then I go on Facebook and say, I hate Al's guts. I think God is going to hold me equally accountable for what I type as much as what I speak. I think that's an extension of our tongue. I see there's an antidote, I think, or the starting place, maybe. So if you find yourself in a situation where you have to, you're thinking like, I could go either way. And and I think that's one of the keys, though, is is to think before you speak. We, we hear that as a kid even, but how are you going to do that? We're going to do that, hopefully, in the power of the Holy Spirit. James grew up with Jesus, a brother of Jesus. Right. And so right. he probably had a mouth that was critical. Sure. Sure. Uh, unbelieving sure. for a long time until he finally came to see the light, and then he was sold out and became an early church leader. Well, we see here in verse 9, with the tongue, we can praise our Lord and Father. It has a comma. I like that part. Yeah. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Praise you, Father. Thank you. Let the praises flow. He is worthy, is he not? Right. He is worthy. Well, he's the only one worthy. Glory and honor and Amen. power and majesty. We enthrone you. You can start to praise him. Just thank you for the breath that you give us. This is the air we breathe. Thank you for our, our food today. Thank you for the potential that's before us, the victories that you have in store for us, the healings that we have. Thank you, Father God. All the names that we have for the Lord Jehovah Nisi, he's our banner. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. Jehovah Shalom, he's our peace. The hope, the hope alone. Rohi, the God Mm. who sees. Mm. And Sikano, our righteousness. All those, we just praise you, Lord. We really, really do. Amen. That's the direction we want to go in. You start there, I believe. There, That sets the table. Like you were saying, because James here says, how can you... Bless God and then curse man with the same mouth and and we're made in his image, his likeness. So he must understand there's room for improvement. There is always (laughs) room for improvement. Why are you laughing? Why are we laughing? (laughs) Well, because, uh, because, you know, I came from the military, as you know, Al, and the atmosphere there can be vulgar language is part of the culture. And not always, you know, I'm not going to say that they're all a bunch of, you know, we're all a bunch of filthy, foul mouth. No, those are the sailors. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No, we're just picking. We're We're just just teasing. Um, So, you know, but it can be part of the culture. Sure. Um, Oh, it is. Oh, my. The music? Oh, the music today. Oh, my goodness. And the movies. And there's there's contests now for television shows on who gets the most F-bombs in before the the show is over. And so, I mean, it's like I've watched a few shows. I love Westerns, and I love Western series. And then I watch this one show where I'm not kidding you, Al. If they spoke a sentence without a swear word, I was shocked. So I got disgusted within the first five minutes. Stop watching it. The entertainment industry uh, in general has just uh, it's given itself gone over. to the sewer. It has. It a has. Lot, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, we have to be really discerning in, in terms of that. But that infiltrates our society such that we're, we're subjected to that all the time. The road rage. The but you know, to, it also infiltrates our homes. Mm. 
because we allow that media into our house. And then, you know, if you're swearing and you get mad at your kids because they swear, or if you're ripping into people and then your children start ripping into people, or you're watching media that promotes that kind of behavior, you're inviting it into your own home. There's a lot, there are so many cable stations now that are available. It was probably 25 years ago. I was sitting on the couch and one of my kids came by and he was only six years old at the time. And he just started singing, when you say, but you said a lot of things nobody else could say. And I was like, where did that come from? I was like, because I, wait, where's a six-year-old learn? I didn't teach him that. Right. We ascertained. He, he heard it on the commercial, on the TV, not just once, but probably a whole bunch of times because Multiple I may times. be watching the Red Sox or what have you, uh, some sport game. Right. We decided, my wife and I, being fairly new Christians at the time, said we can do better than this. And we got rid of the TV. And guess what? The kids went outside and played. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone get rid of their TV, but you got to be careful. Well, and you got to ask yourself, is my entertainment worth the exposure I'm bringing into my home? Because folks, I firmly believe this, and I know Al will back me up on this. You can invite the devil in your home. Mm. And it's really what you allow to come through your door or across your screen or over your radio. And it's amazing. He can, he's sneaky. He'll sneak in. And that's he's one so of the ways sneaky. he can sneak in. And it may not, there may even be some wholesome things on, on a particular channel, but then... The commercials. Uh, it could be the commercials <laughs> or it could be some program that's allowed on. I know I was down helping my dad. He's 93. Anyway, I was helping him with a budget at one point because they had a condominium assessment, whatever. But we looked at his cable bill, and it seemed to be rather exorbitant. And as I investigated it farther, they had over 250 stations they had to subscribe to. How many wow. stations can you watch at one time? My goodness. They had Italian stations and so on and so forth. Well, I asked. I said, well, they don't need all these. And so we got the basic package. They did want to watch some TV. Anyway, I, I couldn't believe how many stations were available. Well, it, it all begins with what we are allowing ourselves to be exposed to. And we know two things that the Bible tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. And I believe, Al, that starts with what we expose ourselves to. You know, we're also told that our hearts are desperately wicked. And when we feed that wickedness, it begins to alter who we are, our personality, our perception of things. And it will shape our language. It will shape what we say to people, how we say things to people. You know, as we expose ourselves to things, it can shape who we are, what we believe, what we think, and how we speak. And speaking being, of course, the big topic that we're talking about today, but it starts with the thinking. Well, I know it's it definitely an influence. Yeah, that's where the sin is bred, is in our brain. We start to think about it. I see it in school. Mm. That, that language comes out in school, and it's just... I mean, we try to teach language arts, and I'm retired, but I, I still regularly go in and, and, and am in a long-term substitution situation right now. It's amazing, just the the loss of the ability to communicate in a practical and wholesome way without using short sentences that are just... Gibberish. Gibberish. And 
and disgusting, really. Yeah, inappropriate, completely inappropriate. That, yeah. that would be the better word. You know, I've heard it said that we, in 100 years, we've gone from teaching Latin in high school to remedial English in college. And that is a testament of how we've just allowed things as a nation to slip. And we've accepted it. And we've said, well, that person's right. Well, with freedom comes responsibility. You know, we do have a freedom of speech, yes. But we have a responsibility to be kind and gentle and loving, uh, especially as Christians. We have what's called the fruits of the Spirit. And so we're responsible to exercise our freedoms in a way that pleases the Lord. And that has to start with language. So Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> nothing new. And so here we find James talking to the people then, thousand years after Solomon, and telling them, you got to control your tongue. And here we are, 2,000 years <laughs> after James recorded that, right. saying, yep, there's truth here. So it's very relevant today. I, I do like how he says that there are two options. Yeah. There are two options, and I think he's using it as a reminder, too, that there must have been some of this going on in this early church as people are dispersed and they're per- persecuted, and they're probably cursing their enemies and and pushing blame in some situations. So he notices it, the Holy Spirit works through him, and he says, come on, let's regroup. Let's think about where we are, and you can do better than this. I think having the Holy Spirit and dwelling in us, that's our starting place. Yeah. God desires a relationship. Right. And that happens. I, our last guest that we interviewed, Norton Weber, talked about that was an evidence he knew of his salvation, that his language now had been altered and was more wholesome. He realized after a period of time that he was not using the Lord's name in vain. Mm. And that had been a regular of his. And so he realized that was the change that had taken place in him. I So I so appreciate that. Sometimes people say like, well, I'm just not sure I'm saved. Well, often God will show you, you're sealed in his Holy Spirit. You'll start to see evidence in, in your life. You will begin to see evidences. Right. And this is one of them in that right. our language can be controlled. I also heard it this week too, that the things of the world that are not right, that would be the side of the fence where this cursing is going on and the inappropriate use of language. Those things begin to bother you more and disgust you more, the things of the world. And that is an evidence as well of your salvation. If they really begin to bother you and just say like, ah, I could have done that better. Whereas before we would just brush it off, brush it off if yeah. we weren't saved. So that there's another evidence of your salvation is, is that you have a desire to want to clean up your act, so to speak. Right. Well, in the next episode, what I want to talk about, Al, is like the power of that tongue. When, when James says it can corrupt the whole body and set the course of your life. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about ways that people can recover from that. So there's hope. There is hope. There's always, as if you have Jesus Christ, you have hope. Jesus says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that means there's hope. You're not condemned. And, and Romans 5, 5 says hope doesn't disappoint. So friends, I'm so glad you chose to make us a part of your day. I hope that you stay tuned. There's two more episodes that are coming up. We release them on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can listen back to some of the other episodes and be happy to say some really good ones, actually. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're broadcasting here from Shelters by Jesus Radio. We'd love to have you support us, either financially or in prayer. We'd love to hear from you. You can write us at Shelters by Jesus Radio, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 049 you can call us here 
we're in Maine and it's starting to get cold. We're approaching a new year here, but our phones are working. The glaciers have receded and we do have electricity. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Anyway, you can call us at 207-474-8833. You can also visit us here. I guess that's one of the reasons we give you that physical address. We'd love to have you here for worship. We'd love to have you pray for us. We pray for you and may God bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.